What up, beautiful souls? Welcome to the new what up beautiful souls and welcome to the new perceptions podcast with me your host ben brown um first thing i want to say thank you to all the people who've sent me beautiful feedback messages based on the last podcast that i put out it was called uh trusting the process of change and it was um basically a letter to myself so thank you for listening to it it's pretty long and there was some quirky little um what i like to think of creative aspects to the audio that i created in it and some people didn't like it at all some people loved it um but i got a couple of messages from you guys first one is from valerie saying i'm only 23 minutes into this and whoa i'm already blown away it's already bringing up so many different emotions and has me taking many pauses to reflect inwards. I'm a Pisces too, and definitely I find myself living life inside my head, making it nearly impossible to be present. It's definitely even more of a struggle right now, but moments like this, where I allow myself to be fully here, has me feeling an immense amount of gratitude. Wishing you all the best. Thank you so much for that, Valerie. I really, really appreciate that message. Another message from Meg, uh, with feedback to the last podcast. I finally felt called to listen to your recent podcasts and 15 minutes in I've resonated so deeply with everything you have spoken about already. I am breaking unhealthy patterns today for the first time in a while so this synchronicity is undeniable. Thank you for making me feel connected and anchored in all I feel and experience right now. Sending love. Thank you so much Meg. Sending you love right back. Um, other news, uh, I put a new YouTube video out, you should go and check it out if you haven't already. Um, it's about sort of uh, stuff that I've been up to in, um, in lockdown and uh, yeah, it's on youtube.com forward slash Ben Brown, just Google Ben Brown YouTube, like I've been on YouTube long enough, I'm like deep in the archives now there, so you just have to pretty much Google my name. Um, yeah what's been happening for me since that is like so much has been going on since I put that podcast out it was such an effort to birth that thing into the into reality um yeah so go and listen to that if you haven't already today's podcast is uh with um a beautiful beautiful man Sam Garrett Sam and I met when we were a bit younger a few years ago almost seven years ago and um yeah, the, the podcast starts off with me fabricating a story of how we met and then Sam correcting me. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a, a beautiful podcast. A be- he's a beautiful man. We deep, we dive deep, guys. We go real deep on this one. Um, I actually was served some ceremonial cacao by Molly, Sam's partner, just as we started the podcast and it just busted open my heart space you're probably going to be able to notice that I'm quite soft in this one very lovey and I'm also it was right in the end of my trip to London that I went to went to London recently and I was finding it quite stressful being in the city at that time in my life and I was listening to a lot of Ram Dass podcasts whilst missioning around the city and so I was feeling very heart spacey it was towards the end of my trip so I was feeling like I kind of made it And um, yeah, me and Sam go real deep. We were reminiscing on the times that we first met. 
And as I listened to this podcast back today and edited, I mean, there's literally no editing done. It's all the way straight through clear. Um, I just listened to it back and it was such medicine for where I am right now, uh, a few months later, having um, been through what we're all going through at the moment. It's, it's very medicinal. It's very spiritual. Um, here we talk about Sam's journey as a musician becoming a musician we talk about Sam's own awakening and his time in an ashram in Glastonbury we are so chilled in this podcast um we talk about who we are now versus when we first met and how nature influences his music um and if you want to check out uh how you can support Sam all the links to his social media are in the podcast notes um, but if you want to check out what him and his partner Molly are offering at the moment, you can go to patreon.com forward slash gather, G-A-T-H-E-R, as in gathering. Um, what else do we talk about? Diving into the duality of our human experiences, everything being a reflection of us, uh, the path of self-inquiry, wanting to change the world, but also having to accept it for how it is. Um, we talk about veganism a little bit in Sam's uh, story, a story around veganism. We also talk about Sacred Sons because Sam went and did an EMX, Embodied Masculine Experience at Sacred Sons. So we talk about that. And then we talk about how that's impacted his life, including his relationship. Um, yeah, synchronicities of life. And if you wait, well, if you, <laughs> if you get to the end of the podcast, when you get to the end of the podcast, you can do this, guys. I believe in you. There's a beautiful song, one of Sam's new songs that he played for me. Uh, it blew my mind. It's so, so beautiful. And yeah, I'm, I'm really excited, as you could probably tell, to, to present this podcast to you. Um, ah, feeling very amped today. Wow. This, yeah, having to listen to this podcast, medicine for me, it's exactly what I needed. And, um, whew. okay, next bit some business. Um, thank you, thank you to all of my Patreon community. Um, there's a bunch of new Patreon people come through. Uh, if you want to go and check out patreon.com forward slash Ben Jam Brown, that is where we have a little community, uh, the Journey Tribe. And there are two tiers on the Patreon. One of them is um, where you have access to uh, live streaming every week and a Facebook group, a private Facebook group, and the other tier, which is slightly more, has access to exclusive content, videos that I'm uploading where I'm sharing a bit more vulnerable aspects of my journey, uh, healing and spirituality, and basically anything that I feel like is necessary to share or might be helpful, um, and everybody gets free shipping on merch when that's coming out in the near future, um, so go and check it out. That is absolutely the best way. Even if you only have a dollar to spare me each month, that dollar is a beautiful exchange of energy and it keeps the podcast going. It certainly keeps me going at this stage and helps to validate my own existence as being important. So don't let me down, jokes. Um, what else? Yeah, that's about it, really. So on with the podcast. I hope you enjoy it. Let me know what you think, as always. And if you feel like you want to support but without money, give us a little review on the iTunes vibe. And yeah, enjoy.
All right, we are rolling. <laughs> Sam Garrett. Ben Brown. Welcome <laughs> to the New Perceptions podcast. Thank you, brother. Thank you so much for um, agreeing to be a guest on this podcast. Mm. And uh, yeah, I think, I mean, it's going to be maybe a little bit difficult to know exactly where to start with this one. Mm. Um, that's what I was certainly thinking about just now. It's like, how are we going to start this podcast? But maybe... Maybe we start six and a half years ago yes. when we first met mm. um, and sort of just go through that story really and like yeah. unpack that a little bit because I believe that um, I put something out on the internet requesting music for my videos yes. and I just started making YouTube videos back then mm. almost seven years ago and um, you reached out to me and you were like, use my music, bro, mm -hmm. please. Yeah. And it was by far the best music that I'd been sent. And yeah. it resonated with me on all sorts of levels that I definitely was not even aware of back then. Um, and then we ended up meeting up in London mm. and hanging out for a couple of days. Hey? Yes. Yeah. And we, li we have not seen each other since then until a couple of days ago. Yeah when I was attending um, a retreat, a day retreat, and uh, it was at the end of the retreat, you and your partner, your beloved Molly, mm. did a fantastic, beautiful, energizing um, kirtan, yes. where we were all singing along with you. So, yes. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's it. That's the story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think I sent you the songs. I think somebody had posted... I think what you did is you you sent out some like a post or something and I think some someone commented on it with like maybe like a link to my music or something I think it was the song hope okay and I think because I remember like going and seeing that post and then somebody had posted it and that's how I mm. then like found out about you and you got in touch and Okay, yeah, so and I just fabricated some like, no, completely no, no, different no, no. reality. <laughs> no, not at all. Like, it was a long time ago. And, yeah, I just remember, I don't remember much of that time. Mm. Um, but I do remember I just moved to London from where I grew up in, in uh, the countryside of England in the Midlands. And um, I remember, yeah, I was living in Camden at the time. That's where we met up. And uh, I was really just opening so much at that time in my in my journey I was meeting kind of like what became my community my my tribe my family in London and you'd only just got to London yeah wow. yeah I was only there like recently maybe like I was there like five months six months mm -hmm. or something um, when I met you and yeah it was really a big shift for me because I'd grown up in you know very very small village uh, where like nothing happened there was just sort of like farmland uh, and it was incredibly beautiful, but there was nothing for me to kind of do in that sense of like, you know, with my music or connecting with others in that way. Um, and so I remember, yeah, going to London, that was kind of like the start of where things really started to shift for me and meeting people is when I met you. And um, yeah, that's that was just coming for me to share. I just remember that time of like, it was such a big step for me because my whole life I'd just been kind of in this very small kind of place and then I went to like came to London and it was just like this huge place where there was so many things going on meeting so many people 
Um, Sounds very expensive. It was, yeah. yeah and that, was, that, yeah. was that your intention when you went to London? You were like, right, I'm going to go to the city and I'm going to go make it with my music. <laughs> or what was your intention of like, going from like, small town into the big city as a musician? Like, yeah, I think initially um, I'd already been going to and from London a lot. Just to, I had a manager already there before. And so I was going to London <clears throat> and playing gigs and then I'd go back home. And I'd work in my family's coffee shop in the village where I went to school. And and then at the weekend, you know, I'd, I'd drive to London and I'd play a few gigs, stay with my manager and then go home. So I was already kind of familiar and aware of it. And at that time, yeah, I was very much like, um, this is what I want to do. I want to be a musician. was like working with some really like quite influential people at that time and meeting with a lot of different record labels. But also what was happening internally was that I was going through a massive awakening within myself and becoming very aware and conscious of um, an aspect of myself that perhaps I wasn't before so much. And so while that was happening, it was kind of like this polarity was going on. It was like I was going into the studio uh, to record songs and write songs with producers and people that you know, probably they didn't understand this kind of new spiritual side that I was going through. You know, I was listening to a lot of podcasts and talks by people like Ram Das, by Alan Watts. I was reading a lot, was just like really hungry for for some wisdom, for some knowledge, some truth. Something inside of me was just like so ready mm. in that time. And, and I just remember, yeah, I would go to London and it was like I would go into the studio and it was like I would bring them all these songs that I'd written they'd all kind of look at me and go yeah, that's, a, that's okay but I think we should be singing about sort of like girls and you know this, this kind of thing and got anything like, a bit more commercial right <laughs> <laughs> and for me it just wasn't there you know in that time and so it was really hard for me uh, because I knew that music was my path I knew that that was what I wanted to do in my life um, I knew that I had something to share that was of value and of worth and of service to humanity and to the world um, but at that time I think I was still figuring out how that was actually going to work mm. and so I became very dissatisfied at that time with the sort of music industry because it wasn't reflective of my inner uh, journey of what was happening inside of me and of course in my experience whatever I'm going through naturally is just expressed through my music through my guitar, through my voice and so it became really difficult for me to express in that way because I wanted to be genuine I wanted to be authentic I didn't want to have to go out and sing songs that other people had written for me that I didn't connect to because it was like it just didn't feel true it didn't feel right somehow mm. and I felt like I would be then doing a disservice to people by not being authentic and not being real um and so I remember leaving all of that behind. I went to go and live in an ashram in Glastonbury, which is kind of like a, a space where spiritual seekers would go and spend time. And it was a, an ashram that was devoted to the Hindu deity Krishna. And so I went there really just to learn more about Hinduism and uh, meditation, yoga, chanting, kirtan, like bhakti yoga, all these different things. And uh, it was after I was living in, in the ash ashram in Glastonbury that then I moved to London and that was when I met you actually after that time. Mm. So I'd already been going to and from London. I'd, mm. I'd kind of had this whole experience happen. 
I left everything. I said, I don't want to do music. Uh, I just want to devote my life to seeking truth, to seeking God, to finding my inner self. And so then I went to uh, this ashram. I stayed there for some time. And it was really profound, very, very powerful. But what I realized on that trip was that I wasn't meant to just become a yogi and leave the world and just go and live in a cave or something. Because every day while I was there, we would go in very early in the morning, wake up very, very early, and we'd go in and we'd, we'd do something called puja, which is this kind of ritual that you offer light and the fire to the deities. And you offer prayers and you chant and you sing. And usually someone would read from a book or something. And every time I would go in, every day, there was a guitar in the corner of the, of the temple room. And as I'm sitting there, you know, everyone's got their eyes closed, we're all meditating, and I would kind of like have one eye open, like kind of looking at the guitar, <laughs> like, I want to play the guitar, you know? Like, yeah. And what I, what I realized um, during that time was that my sadhana or my spiritual practice is music. It's not just to sit in a meditative posture and be a Buddha in that way, you know, mm -hmm. it's like my practice, my way of really connecting to spirit, to God, to whatever word you want to use, was through my guitar, through my voice, through my music. That was a way for me to express my heart's truth. And in that, I found that that was my calling, that was my dharma. And I really followed that. And so then when I went back to London, it was very different because when I met you, I was very much, this is how I am. I'm not willing to change for record labels or any industry people. This is who I am. And uh, I want to use music as a way to really express my authentic truth. Beautiful. Yeah. Mm, sure. <laughs> and how old were you when you kind of real like, because you sound... This is like very self-aware um, for how old were you at this time? I think time? I was like 22, 23. And how did that happen? Or have you always just felt like there's been something you've been seeking or was there some specific thing that happened? Yeah, so when I was a really, really young boy, maybe like when I was around eight or nine, I would have experiences where it happened for, for many years when I would go to sleep at night I would have this experience of this kind of expansive consciousness that wasn't identified with the body or the mind or my uh, beliefs or conditioning. I would just sort of lie down in my bed and very spontaneously just have this experience of pure consciousness or pure beingness. Um, I didn't do anything for it. I wasn't asking for it. It would just come randomly. Mm. And it felt like it felt like peace. It felt like home. It felt blissful. It felt uh, that when I would become aware again of my body, it felt weird. It was like, whoa, like what am I doing in this? You know, mm. kind of thing. It felt strange to me. And at that time, I didn't understand what that was. And it went on for some years. And I, I never said anything to anyone. I never told my parents or my brother or my friends because I didn't even understand what it was um, and it was scary sometimes I remember I would really drop into this deep deep space of just this vastness that I felt like I was infinite um, and then I would kind of like open my eyes and all of a sudden like be back in my little bedroom and in my body and just sort of like whoa this is 
really strange. It would scare me sometimes. Mm. Um, <clears throat> so that went on for some time, and then I, you know, I I did what I did growing up. I would, you know, play video games and uh, played football for a little bit, and then got really into skateboarding. I got really into punk rock music, and I played in like punk bands uh, from when I was about like twelve, thirteen, and. Uh, but this experience had always stayed with me. And there was always, I think, a part of me that was yearning to get back to that. And because of those experiences when I was that young, I didn't see life in the same way. Like, it was hard for me to then, when I got older and, you know, my friends would go out drinking or clubbing or it felt really, like, odd to me. It was like, why are we doing this? Mm. Like, this feels really, like, low. It you doesn't feel like you went from like like a, a pure connection, although maybe you didn't understand that that's what it was, as I suppose. Yeah. Um, to something that was like a false connection of socializing in that kind of lower frequency, with especially yeah. with alcohol and, in, yeah. and being intoxicated like that. Yeah. It's, yeah. That, Absolutely. Did you did you know anybody or have any sort of connection with people who? you could talk about this stuff too or you just you feel like you were on your own in that stage yeah 100% on my own I felt very um, different to other people I was always different though that was the thing in school you know I wasn't like ever a macho guy I didn't really enjoy sports like the only sport that I really loved was skateboarding mm. <clears throat> and music so music mm. was really my became my ally became my mm. friend I feel like friend. skateboarding is kind of like uh, more of an, like an expression than it yeah. is a sport. It's yes. like a dance almost, isn't it? Like Absolutely. It's very creative. But yeah. Um, yeah, so maybe it's like the competitive element that you didn't really kind of yeah. really sit with you. Like, yeah. why, why would we compete? Like, right. Yeah. This kind of egotistical like mm. need to, to be win and be the best. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. And I think also with skateboarding, because I still, I love skateboarding and surfing to this day and I think for me what I, what I realize now is that when I was that young it would take me back to that place it was a form of meditation because mm. when I'm on my skateboard I'm not thinking I'm just present I'm just here mm. and uh, and so I realized that after but at the time I didn't know why I loved it so much but it was just that feeling of like wow when I'm on my skateboard I'm not thinking about what I'm going to do tomorrow what happened yesterday I'm just fully here in the moment and uh and so then, yeah, then I would kind of, when I started to then go like kind of clubbing in the local pubs or the clubs and stuff with, with the friends that I had at the time, I remember I would just kind of sit in the corner while everyone else would be there like doing their thing, like drinking and dancing. It was like this whole like messy kind of scene, people getting into fights and just like very like aggressive, very intense energy. Um... And I just didn't res resonate with it at all. I remember just I would kind of sit there looking at it all, just almost like the observer, just watching it. Like, mm. wow, this is really strange. And I just felt like I couldn't relate to it. I couldn't, it didn't resonate with me. And so then because of where I lived in the countryside, I had a lot of nature all around, a lot of woodland, a lot of like kind of like rivers and streams that I would go to. And, and I kind of turned my back on a lot of my friends that I had at the time which was really hard for me. Mm. You know, people that I'd grown up with, people that I'd known for years and had quite close connections with, but I just felt I was on a completely different path somehow. Mm. 
and so that was when it really kind of started for me was that then I, I left the kind of like punk rock bands and all of that stuff. I started to slowly leave all of that and and started to listen to different types of music, you know. was, was always into kind of like reggae music, which is kind of very conscious. And mm. Your music has a very much a reggae yeah. like vibe to it a lot. Yes. Yeah. yeah, and other, and then like the Beatles, for example, would listen mm. to their music and it just like struck a chord. And then I started to realize that that yeah, I, I, I'm a musician and that's my, that's my path in life. And, mm. and then my inner journey just started to unfold naturally, very spontaneously, but very naturally. I found myself spending a lot of time in nature, uh, reading a lot, um, listening to things, watching things on YouTube, and mm. just really opening myself up. And then, um, and then yeah, and then eventually went to, to stay in this ashram in, in Glastonbury. Sure. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, I didn't know any of that, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually really glad that I didn't know any of that. And then, yeah, I mean, it feels like, it feels like we've um, certainly, as I've more recently become a lot more self-aware um, in the last year or two, uh, I can, I now can um, confidently say how I feel around people and. Um, much like with a bunch of people I seem to be meeting and have met over the last two years I feel like we've known each other for forever even though this is really only one of the first times we've probably actually been present with mm. each other and although we've hung out a couple of times mm. it doesn't take very many minutes of the video to see that I'm in my whole other world and that mm. on that vlog mm. um, and yeah, presence was, I mean, I even did a time-lapse in the vlog of me doing an edit on my <laughs> laptop while you and our friend Michelle were like actually dropping in and spending time yeah. together. I was working whilst we were actually like supposed to be hanging out. So mm. um, yeah, it's, do you, do you find that, um, do you find that on, on your path you've been aware of people that you have had a connection with like that and did you feel that kind of connection because I know how aware you were like how did yeah. you feel around with me back then yeah. did you, were you like oh this is just some crazy blonde vlogger dude who wears like <laughs> Iridium Oakley's <laughs> and smart shoes no I well, I think from my uh, the path that you know came to really really resonate with me is something uh, called Advaita Vedanta something uh, from India comes from India but really is beyond any religion or any uh, any sort of like tradition in that way or any kind of structure and it's simply the path of self-discovery self-inquiry and um, what I came to realize within myself is that what what and who I am in my essence is no different from what and who you are and mm. anyone else uh, so individual differences to me that I did not really see them and uh, and I could even see that watching the vlog I could see the way that I was just I saw you for who you were and not who you thought you were mm -hmm. and uh, so none of those things I think from a very young age you know I was brought up in a family that was extremely uh, open loving um, taught really strong values to, to love people, to have respect for people, regardless of where they come from. Um, 
what they look like, what they do, what their interests are, but just to, you know, to really have respect for everyone and, and to honour people and to, you know, have that love for people. So I think, for me, that was always like a very natural thing. And mm. so, uh, yeah, watching the vlog, but I could see that. I could just see that I had so much love for you. And totally. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it just and it's still there now. You know, this mm. this feeling, this understanding that uh, of the oneness that pervades all life. Mm. You know, and and the understanding and the seeing that has come uh, in me is that there is only one, but it expresses and manifests in all these diverse, different ways. Um, in the same way, you might see a flower. One flower might be uh, a daffodil. One might be a rose. Now they might express differently, but both are flowers. So you wouldn't say, well, that's not a flower because it's red and that one is mm. because it's yellow. And in the same way with human beings, I felt the same thing. Whether, whether you're black or white or from China, it, it doesn't matter, you know, we're mm. all from the same source. Mm. And uh, it's just like that. I, I felt even then, you know, and still do that we're all, uh, we're all from the same Mm, that's such a nice like way of thinking about it because we celebrate so easily the diversity of um flora like of flowers and <laughs> right. trees and we're like we keep discovering more of them and mm. like there's so many how beautiful like and and if you are um, inclined to believe that there is a creator of some sort which i certainly am now compared to back then <laughs> that is um infant has whose imagination the imagination of it is infinitely greater than the po any kind of possibility of who, what i think i could possibly come up with then you're just right. in awe of all the plants ever if you bring that kind of um perspective to humanity and humans as a species yes. and yeah with the foundational sort of understanding of that we are all one from and in, from our source Yes. then our diversity is like to be celebrated it's much easier to celebrate the diversity yes. rather than seeing the difference only and yes. or or seeing the difference and celebrating it I suppose yeah fully it's a much more peaceful existence as what I've experienced anyway since I've been yes. on this path of removing my egos um, or like not necessarily me removing it but having it being removed mm. in certain ways um of being right about things and like and I know this or like I, I mean I was the um and the listeners will know that I've spoken about this before but I'm I was like your argumentative atheist <laughs> like mm. I was the Richard Dawkins fan I'd read yeah, the book yeah, yeah. so I'd have more more fodder for the arguments in that sense and that yeah and so it's been very uncomfortable for me at times wow. to have these big realizations that oh those things that I really thought I knew have actually I've had to peel those away but in the process what comes out of the other side of that death is like a rebirth that is much more comfortable and peaceful mm. to be around others especially like when I come into London yeah, <laughs> which yeah, is yeah. quite an intense energy yes. um, I used to come up to London I used to be part of that intense energy and mm. it used to like resonate with me and I was like yeah it's so hustly and bustly and like I love it and it was just a very different vibration to mm. now which I can find um, it to be quite confronting mm. and so interesting that you 
um, felt drawn to come and mm. spend time back in London, even after your time in the ashram. Yeah. And you had your eye on that guitar in the corner. So mm. I want to kind of like um, bring back the music aspect of, yeah. of your expression as a human because, mm. and you, you mentioned that you spend a lot of time in nature and that um, a lot of your music is around, uh, it's sort of poetry of explaining the beauty of nature that mm. we are part of and yes. that we ex get to experience in this existence mm. and um do you still spend a lot of time in nature and how much is it still influencing your music in certain ways yes um yeah i do i think um even when i'm here you know i always try to get out and you know go to the parks and and just be in nature i think it's really healthy i think it's really important we are nature you know mm. we come from nature we're a part of this whole uh, this whole thing called life and yeah the separation is an illusion yeah hundred yeah. percent and we um, you know I kind of I've come to over the years I've kind of come you know being in London spending a lot of time here but also traveling a lot and being in different places um, you know like I went to India I went to Guatemala I've been to Jamaica I've been to a lot of places where nature is really like strong and powerful just came back from California you know it's also mm -hmm. very very strong and um, I think you know back when I was younger and still today I just I felt this pull to nature because I felt um, that something within kind of like what we create like if you think of the city it's almost like the manifestation of the human mind it's very loud, it's very noisy, it's very busy, it's polluted, it's constantly going, it's always on the move, it's always looking for something. And in nature what I found and what I find is just that it, it just is. It's not trying to be anything, it's not screaming at you, it's not, it just is, it's rooted in being. And I think for me when I was younger it was a reflection of my own beingness that I was craving to get back to. Um, and I think on some level, every human being is craving to get back to that. But we, we probably look for it in very different ways, you know, whether, whether we look through uh, trying to find that sense of being or contentment or presence through, you know, money or fame or recognition or, you know, a big house, a big car or an experience. But really, I feel in my heart is that what we're all really looking for is is our self and um, and that self is beyond is even beyond this world is beyond nature is beyond form uh, beyond time beyond change beyond all of these things and I think that was nature was almost like calling me back to reflect in, in and be in nature so that I could just be quiet you know and listen become more present, become more alert, become more aware. Um, and in that, it's, it, it helped me to then go deeper within myself, to start to uncover and to discover my true nature, which is even beyond this world and beyond this universe, is the source from which all life comes from. And uh, every one of us is that. We're all connected to that. Mm. Um, it's only through our own conditioning. It's only through our own beliefs and ideas um, and our identity with our bodies and our mind that keep us from that. Um, but we're always that. 
we can never not be what yeah. we are. Yeah. Know? We're always that. Yeah, it's such a nice um, reminder that, yeah, I love, there's um, quite a common saying of like, we're, we're human beings by nature, not human doings. Yes. And like the, the nature just allows you to just be. Mm. And it's such a natural um, connection that we have there that it feels well, it doesn't just feel um, right to be in nature, but it's it brings our whole biology back into like a a state of peace. That's actually, um, if you're aware of it, is just a big reminder to be like, no, no, you are the nature. Like okay. when you come back in here, there's no mm. there's no separation, and then mm. yeah, the 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 polarity of that is like a concrete jungle of yes. city where there's like very little nature and yes and uh, the doing plenty of doing so if you want to come do stuff the city is the place yeah, yeah, to do yeah, yeah. and um, it's and it's all the expression <laughs> of consciousness all of this mm. and i don't have any uh anything against life in any form in any way you know this is all the manifestation and the play of consciousness and consciousness is responsible for all of it mm. and consciousness is playing a game with itself and it's playing the game of hide and seek. And it's, it's creating all this world, this city that, that you see around you. It's creating all of that and it's enjoying mm. that play. It's enjoying it. And um, so what I've also come to see is that whether I'm in the city or in nature, what I am remains untouched and unaffected. Mm. And so the scenes around you may change, but the seer remains unchanged is unchanging mm. so the things around you you know are always changing the environment is changing and of course certain environments are nicer to be in than other environments but true self-discovery and understanding you start to just discover you start to just see that you're always home you're always here and wherever you go whoever you find yourself with whatever you find yourself doing you're always here Mm-hmm. and uh, that, that for me has been a very profound recognition mm-hmm. and understanding because that just means that wherever I go, whatever I'm doing I'm content, I'm happy, I'm home you are consciousness and it is yeah, the, 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 in the duality it's like the consciousness is the, the father and yeah. the um, correct me if I'm going off course a little but the Please. the on at the other end of the spectrum is the mother which is love and that yeah. is the duality of love and consciousness yeah. and the the love is constantly moving and mm. constantly changing mm. and fluid and the stillness the ever present stillness at the opposite end of the spectrum is mm. the consciousness that um yeah, yeah and like my... the, and it's yeah like you say it's like playing hide and seek with itself going between those two constantly yes and and so if you can bring that level of uh, awareness to it doesn't matter where you are and certainly it's something that i've been since i've been in london over the last few days i've been like (laughs) battling with a little bit and it's just now thanks to um listening to a few ramdas podcasts (laughs) that have been really keeping me like Mm. calm ramdas was talking about um I mean, everything is of God or nothing. Mm. And uh, for me to have bring some kind of fear 
or want some kind of change to a circumstance that I find myself in as the seer mm. is to say that I could do a better job of this than God is <laughs> or the source or spirit or the universe yes. or whatever you like to call it. And yeah. um, that is, that's very much a coming from the, the ego. Yes. And so, but also this, I mean, this is all very new to me as well. Yeah, so I'm yeah, like yeah, just course. really learning like the language and of, of all of this to help me understand. And mm. obviously language is limited in itself. Um, mm. especially when you're talking about like existence mm. and the isness of mm. everything that, mm. and it's very difficult to bring language to it, but mm. I mean, it's also very fun yes. to try. Yeah. Um, Words can convey, but they're, they're also only concepts. Mm. And so the best thing to do is, is use the words to have the, the direct experience. And um, through my guru, my teacher, whose name is Muji, I've been able to sit with him, spend a lot of time with him, and he also uses words to convey this. Mm. And uh, there's something in that because it, it can only take you to a certain point where the words are only a signpost that that you know you could go and collect all the nice signposts and go wow look i've got this nice signpost that says mecca this way and rome this way and heaven this way mm-hmm. um but you've only then just attained signposts which is what happens sometimes on the path is that we acquire a lot of mental understanding mental knowledge we understand intellectually uh, what's being pointed to but it hasn't digested hasn't been you haven't marinated fully in your seeing mm. and so um, you know he's able to use words in a way <clears throat> to direct people um, and I've seen it you know I've seen it with people that go up and they're following the words and at a certain point it's like it just implodes and the whole thing flips over and it's like oh wow you start to see the whole joke of it all and Mm -hmm. and so words are helpful but they can only take us so far and i would encourage everyone to really look inside themselves and to to just be open um to that discovery within yourself and to use the words and use them wisely uh find teachers find people that you resonate with find those in whom you can seek that shelter that comfort and uh, and drink deeply from that well, but also it, nobody can give that to you. You are already that. Mm-hmm. And uh, Muji, my teacher, he says it, the predicament is like the knife that can cut so many things. If I take a knife, I can cut this, I can cut that, but it cannot cut itself because it's already one. It is what it is. Mm. So, or like a scale that can weigh so many things, but can it weigh itself? No, that's so nice. Because it's already what it is, and that's our predicament as human beings, that being the reality, we're seeking to try and understand or gain the reality from something else, but we are already that. And um, and to really, like you were saying about this, this idea of uh, kind of pushing life about, to try and control life in some kind of a way, you will just come to a certain point where you just surrender. And you recognize that everything has its place. And even the so-called disharmony in this world is also within the great harmony. And nobody Mm. can even comprehend that. 
with our minds because our mind is only a fragment of the totality and um, and so the best thing is you, you come to a place within yourself to just surrender you start to see how everything is unfolding and that there's there's wisdom in all these different experiences you start to use them and you're not just craving the chocolate flavored experiences mm -hmm. because they don't help you to grow you know mm -hmm. we need all these different things like my guru says you can't grow on cocoa pops alone <laughs> you need all the different flavors and ingredients of life to help you grow and mm -hmm. sometimes the hardest things that we face the things that we want to run away from are the doorways to our inmost being Mm. And uh, and that's some, certainly something that I've come to realize and discover within myself is that you know everything has its place. Everything is here to help us to grow, to evolve, to higher states of consciousness. And in that, there's just love for everyone and everything. That it takes away any judgment, any oh you shouldn't do, you should be. No, it takes all of that away. You just start to see, as Ramdas said, everything is God. Everything is God. Mm. And you just start to see that, you know, and maybe God has forgotten that it's God and it's playing certain roles <laughs> and creating kind of havoc in certain ways, but that's also consciousness. It also wants to do that and express in that way. Mm. And so who would I have to be in order to say this shouldn't be or this should be? Or, and of course, we do what we can to help to alleviate suffering mm. um, because we have that's part of our nature is we have this mm. compassion this love for existence for life yeah right? we were speaking earlier about how um to accept everything for exactly how it is right now mm. is different to wanting change but to also want some kind of change is to try and control it yeah. but at the same time i personally would not have um, found peace in my existence had it not been for the help of other people mm. and I had to ask for that help mm. and I have to um, swallow my pride mm. a few times and, and realise that come back to the okay we are all one and we need each other and mm. right now I'm in a particularly sticky tough time where I'm really not feeling like I and very comfortable in this plane to mm. the point where I'm actually needing help from other people. And so mm. those other people who we now know are us, yes. <laughs> uh, we are them and they are us. Mm. I am you and you are me. Mm. Like it's, it's, you're helping yourself in that sense. So when you're helping other people in the same way that they helped me to find peace, it's just the same, but without attaching any to any outcome of and also from sort of removing attachment of your ego wanting to be the fixer or the yes. helper this is something that i battle with um as well and have been mm. trying to figure out was because um one thing i know starting to understand is that i don't know anything <laughs> and i love to know stuff like mm. i i have as I, and from my understanding of being a Pisces, I'm like, there's a deep something that I know, I yeah. think. <laughs> but yeah. I, I'm, I'm now removing um, attachment to being the knower or being the fixer. or um, And just part of that is accepting, I suppose, of, of everything that's happening. But yeah. showing up when someone asks for help, basically. And, mm. and 
and showing up also by going it within to do my own like healing journey which yeah. I'm very much on um, and a lot of people are finding themselves on that path of healing um, and uh, it it really comes down to one of my my motivations is well my main motivation is that it's not for me mm. necessarily it's for I come I feel like I've um, as a soul come to earth to um, do my work and learn my soul lessons and continue my soul evolution but again I keep saying mine mm. as if it's like right. separate from everybody else's yes. and that again is like detaching me from the collective um, lessons and mm. it gets quite deep quite quick doesn't it yeah yeah it's great <laughs> I'm loving it I'm loving it yeah and it, yeah I can I love kind of getting also like lost almost in the spiral of trying to figure it out and it, um whatever it is and not and but knowing that there's I'm I am ultimately limited in my capacity to understand yes and being okay with that yes you being what me being the the um the witness yeah of my ex my my experience in inverted commas yeah um which i understand is part of being in duality we have like we all have our own unique fingerprints yes so we're like our these these vessels that we're in are all yes. unique yes. um and we need we need that polarity mm. in this in duality to learn our lessons to bounce off of one side from the other to, i suppose yes. to self-actualize and yeah um come to the understanding that yes. we are all one and that we are the universe experiencing itself and mm. um yeah do you want to unpack that for me <laughs> yeah no my what was coming for me is mm. that um everything is like a mirror and everything is a reflection and the more that we open ourselves up, we start to learn from everything. And um, what I was just feeling, what was coming for me was just to say that you, as a person, cannot work it out. No, mm. There has never been any person, you know, that has ever been able to understand or unravel or like, mm. you know, understand this because you are this, you are this. Mm. And so when we come into this world we identify with so many things you know which are all fine they're all just playful they're very very playful but it, it can either be playful or it can be a kind of a hindrance to recognizing our um our true self our true nature which is beyond form which is beyond all these things and so we're already that knowing, that knowing and being are one. And the fragrance in the same way that like a flower, if you have a flower and the flower has a fragrance, the flower is, is one thing, the, fr the fragrance is another, but they're, they're one. And uh, the fragrance of the flower of our being is peace, is happiness, is joy, is that deep, deep, deep love, which is always here. Mm. Um, and when we identify, for example, uh, there's nothing wrong with being a Pisces, for example, but that's mm. not who you are absolutely. 
Mm-hmm. It's, it's an aspect that arises with the form, with the time that you were born. With, I don't know much about astrology, but I know mm-hmm. that you know, these things, they are, um, they're helpful for a certain level uh, on the journey, on the path. But ultimately, what we are in our oneness is beyond Virgo and Pisces mm. or Ben and Sam, mm. English or not, musician. You know, all, all these things, they, they came after. Mm-hmm. They were all learned. When you peel that back, what's underneath there? Yes. Was, yeah. Yes, and all of mm. them are fine. Everything is fine, actually. Mm. There's nothing, there's no fight with anything. Mm. Uh, which is what Ramdas was saying, that everything is God. This play mm. of this person is also the expression of consciousness. It's mm-hmm. also the expression of God. Mm-hmm. It wants to play this role. Yeah. It wants to play Sam for a while before mm-hmm. then it wakes up and realizes, oh, that's who I am. And then once it realizes that, it will still carry on playing Sam. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to now introduce myself as pure consciousness. Like if somebody <laughs> asks me what my name is. But... Um, but all of that is kind of like more, it becomes more superficial. It becomes mm. more just on the surface and it play, let, let mm. it all play, let it all happen. Um, but underneath, you're just rooted in being, you're rooted in presence, you're rooted in yourself, which is one with the divine, with, with God. Mm. And that connection can never leave you. It's only mm. through our beliefs that that disconnect seems to happen it doesn't really happen but it seems to because of our belief and my guru also says that the power of belief is such that a, a, a thought without belief is just a thought it's just a thought going by you know, and it dissolves but a thought with belief can start a war can cause immense suffering immense pain so all these things you know a belief is a very powerful thing so once mm-hmm. we start to believe in something, it becomes our reality and we believe it into existence. Mm. And so my practice or on this path of self-inquiry, um, I've really just been coming into this, this state of awareness and state of presence, which isn't associated or identified or attached to anything. Um, and at the same time enjoys the play of everything mm. you know i can enjoy chocolate if you put chocolate in front of me and say would you like some chocolate i would love that It'd be so nice mm. and at the same time if you said i'm really sorry sam but you can never have chocolate for the rest of your life it wouldn't really matter that much mm. because my happiness and my my joy is not dependent on that thing external things yes Mm. it's only play it's only Mm. the play forms coming and going playing Mm. arising and dissolving i think like um the exploration of the deeper layer of oneness Mm. and uh, um having experiences and seeking to understand to as, as much degree as we are able that which keeps us rooted in the truth of who we are is certainly something that has um that i've been diving into since um i bumped my head quite severely on the other end of the spectrum (laughs) um and so i was like okay we need to certainly to some degree understand that even though i won't necessarily understand in totality what that is or means um but I know that the other end of the spectrum it wasn't working for me yeah and so there's all these other layers in between as well yeah like you were saying of play in 
being Sam and Ben yeah and um, enjoying that uh, expression yeah. um, of that the aspect of the divine and so from from my um, from my under my like perspective I suppose and my like fairly shallow investigation into like trying to like unpack what it means to exist mm -hmm. and know that I exist and look down on my hands and be like okay this is there's something here going yeah. on and I'm aware of myself and everybody else seems to be like at different levels of awareness of themselves and um, there's so many layers to uh, consciousness mm -hmm. like um, and uh, I suppose in language we we talk about the dimensions of consciousness so mm -hmm. like we're in um, in the realm of manifestation like you were saying like we uh, a thought with a belief it projects into reality and becomes mm -hmm. the reality so we're all in a collective agreement that this is where we are and right. collectively we that's so it is mm. um, and beyond that um, I, what I want to unpack from that is uh, try to um, change my reality that to one that is more suiting of what makes my heart sing and mm. like what makes my and what makes my heart sing as far as I know so far is that which I'm here to do or be or express yes and so anything that's making me f not sing from my heart and making me feel love mm. I tend to shy away from mm. um, with awareness now um, uh, although I was I, in my path I have been like um, going down I suppose a path that hasn't been necessarily aligning with the truth of who I am Mm. or who we are mm. and so I've always just tried to follow my heart in that and here I find myself mm. having a conversation about um, deeper levels of awareness and mm. consciousness and the language that comes with that and meeting people who are also interested in having these kinds of conversations around whereby we can say um, if we are in if we are co-creating our reality at any given time through consciousness um, accepting it is one thing um, but knowing that we can also choose to change it is another thing so yeah. wanting to um, knowing that I am my brothers and sisters and they are me mm. and so the the pain that you feel I also feel mm. um, the the immense like what seemingly immense suffering in the world that is being caused by what seems like a, a lack of conscious awareness. Mm. Is it wrong to want to bring awareness to that and want to change things? Or mm. is everybody who wants to make the world a better place wrong for doing so? Mm. Good, good question. Good yeah, question. I've, I've, <laughs> I've just had a very, very deep... Uh, experience of this um, mm. just in like just to answer it quickly maybe I can go into the the story of what I've been through as well after but the, the realization the recognition that I had was that this world is the play of duality 
mm. is the play of good and bad, right and wrong, this and that, me and you, heaven and hell, all these different Masculine, things. Masculine, feminine. It's all playing out, mm. right? So it's, this is the, the world of yin and yang, the world of duality. Now, everything is subjective. What I, what I might feel is the most righteous, divine thing like I have this crystal it's like you know been sent from God and it's like it's to somebody else it's just a stone right now who's right and who's wrong well we don't know neither it's mm. completely subjective yeah and because um, we're, we're all seeing through different lenses yes. based upon our experiences yes. that, that are completely unique yes I suppose. and the truth is one but it manifests in all these diverse ways. And so we experience life in very, very diverse ways. So in that sense, I don't think we'll, we will ever agree in this world on anything because it's so different, you know. Um, we all come from different countries with different traditions and different beliefs and different religions and different ways of doing things. Um, and am I, who am I to who would I have to be in order to say this shouldn't be or that should be? And uh, just to unpack a little bit of my experience mm. is something with veganism. And uh, I became vegan about three years ago, two and a half, three years ago. And I did it for very moral, very compassionate reasons because I didn't feel it was justifiable to cause suffering if it was unnecessary. Um, and so I became kind of militant vegan, was going to all these events, was like filling my consciousness with a lot of suffering and a lot of videos of pain and violence and things that were happening, negative, very negative things that were so-called negative in the world that were happening. And I went really, really down. I became very depressed. I became disconnected from my path, from my heart, from my guru. Um, because he, he eats meat. So I became completely disconnected from him, felt like, well, you know, how can you be the embodiment of wisdom and love? And then you can go and do that. So all the, I had a complete crisis in my life, complete crisis. Didn't know where to turn to, didn't know who to turn to because the people that I looked up to and who gave me so much wisdom and understanding and affirmation, I, I felt like I couldn't trust them anymore. Wow. Um, so what arose in me was a lot of judgment, mm. a lot of judgment, a lot of I am right and you are wrong. And my way is the way and it's the right way. And if you don't subscribe to my way, then I can't be around you. That was my, that was the feeling. Mm. And so I had a really, really tough time. I ended up going out to Portugal to see my daughter and she lives with her mum just by the ashram of our teacher. And uh, when I when I got to the the ashram, he just looked at me and he just said, everything's going to be okay. And inside I was just pure rage, just like, ah, so much anger, so much frustration. I was just mm. like, it's so contradictory. Mm. What hypocrisy, like. Wow. Uh, spirituality to me had just become like a curse word. It was just like, I hate spirituality. I hate it. Um, anything to do with it, I was just completely resistant to the people around me that I love and have deep connections with, I push them away. Um, so all of this was coming up for me. And then one day, my friend Gotama from the Sangha, he said, would you come and play before satsang with, with Babaji, my guru? And uh, I was like, yeah, of course, I, you know, I'm not gonna turn that down. I was like, yes. 
But anyway, then I felt that like maybe this is my time to show them what's up. You know, like <laughs> this is my time to sing a song about social justice, social change, animal rights, all these things. Because no one had ever done that in satsang. Because mm. it's not really the place for that. Satsang is a place to discover who you are, right? What is satsang? Satsang in, is a Sanskrit term from India. It just means to be in the presence of truth. To be in the presence of the inquiry of our true nature. And so typically it would have started thousands of years ago with, with beings like Christ or the Buddha who would sit down and give a sermon and people would ask questions on the nature of consciousness, on the nature of their own uh, self. Sounds like my kind of party. Yeah. <laughs> and, it's, and it's wonderful and it's very profound, very deep, very powerful. Um, I've had some incredible, incredible revelations uh, being in satsang. But this one came very unexpectedly because I was in the mandir, in the hall, in the ashram and waiting for Muji Baba to come in and uh, everything's set up, my guitar's there, I'm ready to go, I'm like, okay, this is it, I'm gonna, gonna show them what's up, you know. And when I, what I remember is that being in there, I was carrying so much judgment towards all these people that I knew ate animal products, and yet, you know, were spiritual, and I thought, you know, there's a lot of judgment going towards them, and Babaji walked in, in the room, I call him Babaji, my teacher. Mm. Babaji walked in the room, and immediately, as soon as he walked in, I felt this presence that I had not felt, it felt like years, that I had not felt this presence, deep, deep presence. He walks in the room, and he sat down in his chair, and he went, before he speaks, before he says anything, he looks at everyone, every single person. In the eyes. In the eyes, and has a moment with you. And I sat there, and he looked at me, and it was just like somebody had just ripped open the curtains and the light just shone through. And I felt like I had just been living in this dark, dark room, which felt like years since I became vegan. Mm. And uh, what I realized was that, that I was just carrying so much arrogance, so much ego in me that believed that I know, that I know what's right and you are wrong hmm. and what that is whenever there's like any kind of a complaint about something saying this should not be what you're really doing is you put yourself on a pedestal and you say it inflates your ego because it says I am right and you are wrong and um, and I saw that I saw everything I saw my arrogance I saw the way that I was judging people I became so toxic and poisonous inside my own heart become so disconnected from what is true um, and so identified with this label as being moral and right and compassionate right mm. and that's what the funny thing is it's like almost it seems like a noble thing right to be mm. vegan and all these things it seems like a very noble thing to and it is in many many ways but for me in my own experience I can only speak from my own experience what happened and what came for me was that the ego came in the side door when I wasn't aware of it and it put on the garment of someone who was being righteous and moral mm. and uh, and I'm so deeply deeply grateful for Babaji and what he showed me in that moment because it was pure grace I didn't ask for it I didn't want it I was gonna play a different song I ended up playing a song called grace uh, 
which reflected this experience that I just had in that moment. And that was what I saw. I saw that this world is the world of duality, is the play of yin and yang, and is all subjective. So yes, what we what we can know and what we can do is that we must love everyone, we must serve everyone, because everyone and everything is I. Not the personal I, not I me, but the I consciousness. Mm. And everything is that. And so the more that we discover our own true nature, the more we look out and we see that everything is that. That you are that, I am that, we're all that. And so within that rises a lot of compassion um, and a lot of understanding. It takes out a lot of judgment. And it also, for me, what it showed me that is that everything does have its place, that all these experiences may be necessary for something that we may not even be aware of. You know, something that may look really bad on the surface could turn out to be the best experience for somebody. You know, it might create a really huge shift mm-hmm. in them, which might go on to then help another person also have that experience. So, mm-hmm. so we don't know. We cannot say, and I would never want to come to any kind of conclusion about life and say, this is how it should be. Um, because if I could create the perfect world that I would want to live in that was so serene and beautiful and peaceful, Mm. there would be someone that didn't want to live in my world, (laughs) that would rebel against that world, that would say, I don't like your world. I want to Mm. live in a world that is is full of chaos and Mm. pollution. So, yes, it's good to do the right thing in the sense of, you know, when you see someone suffering or, um, you know, someone is hungry, to feed them, to help. Um, but I think not to bear the weight of the world is important mm. but, and also just in your being the more that you awaken to your natural self your, your, your natural being you will be helping people without even words without even having a conversation you know you may find that you sit down somewhere someone just comes to you and says I just want to sit with you I just enjoy your presence mm. And that it might it might shock you in the beginning. Mm-hmm. You might feel like, oh, it's strange. But after a certain time, you start to see that there's a lot of change and healing that can take place without even having to have a conversation, mm-hmm. without even needing to change physically something. Mm-hmm. But just in your very being, mm-hmm. wherever you go, a garden grows there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I very much can relate to that. And I think a few months ago, I... Um, I can't remember exactly what it was I was reading. I think it was actually, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the books <clears throat> that have been channeled uh, by Paul Selig. No. Um, he's the channel and the, the, gu- the guides um, basically speak through him and they've, they've created a bunch of books. And, wow. um, and I like listening to them on audiobook and the way they speak is like really interesting and they... It's 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 a it's the kind of book where when you read it and uh, and absorb it from start to finish, it's supposed to raise your frequency and mm-hmm. raise your um, consciousness to a newer, a higher level of um, unity and understanding of oneness. And mm-hmm. something one of the main things that I took from that those those books was that um, that to recognize the divine in yourself is to recognize the divine in others and so if you find yourself 
struggling or in stuck in your head or feeling like you're suffering unnecessarily which is certainly with awareness mm. and like as I've, I've become more aware of the way I bring my own suffering into my world mm. and how much of it is unnecessary mm. um, um, especially like having awareness over your suffering is one thing and then actually like integrating the lessons in order to like reduce that suffering as a whole that's a whole yeah. other journey um but for me something that i come back to each time and i did it today as i was walking around uh london trying to like i was getting frustrated i was like paying so much money to park i don't know why i bought this car into london and like why did i do this like and i've got to buy a microphone and then like get back and then i was so the grace of god today when on my parking app i'd put the wrong <laughs> the, the wrong um registration plate in but i've been parking with that app for like the last four or five days and not got a single ticket so like at any moment i just literally haven't got a ticket when i could have anyway wow. all sorts of grace happening going on and i'm mm -hmm. walking and there's hundreds of people walking around me and past me you know when you're kind of in flow and everybody's walking perfectly around and i just mm -hmm. have this smile on my face because all i'm thinking is like i love you i yeah. love you i love you i love you i love you i love you and as everybody walks past i'm like i am you i am you i am you and i'm coming up 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 into my heart space and my frequency i can feel it raising up mm. i can't help but grin i've got this smile on my face i'm listening to like bubbly techno music and like <laughs> walking through and I, it was it's kind of like um the lovey version of that scene in the matrix when they're walking through everybody and everybody's shoulder barging through yeah, completely yeah, yeah. unconsciously aware and i'm flowing perfectly in between everybody yeah and i noticed that i'm like catching everybody's eye mm. like and i was like i don't know like if i'm what i look like right now but mm. i must hopefully maybe i look as peaceful as i feel mm. and i just noticed so many people like watching me and looking at me and a few people like giving me a little smile back and i'm not like staring people down demanding a smile yeah. or anything but the books that i was reading were saying like as you as you embody that higher frequency your presence you don't even have to that that person doesn't have to have any kind of understanding mm. recognizing the divine in someone else mm. automatically raises their frequency up mm. and the divine in them will recognize the divine in you mm. and so you there's nothing you even really have to do you just have mm. to be in that and yes. like you say everywhere you go a garden grows like yes and that gives me like profound peace to know that there's like because i'm a doer like in my whole life i've had to do things mm. and meet these terms and conditions to receive love and um as i understand now that i am worthy of love it's certainly been a big part of my healing journey is like to really know that i'm, I'm worthy of love just by existing yes and therefore so is everybody else and to bring that level of peace into my life and mm. then know that by embodying that i'm spreading it mm. that's yeah. it's so nice to know that like yes. it, there's i don't yeah it can't help but spread you know it's mm. very infectious to be a, to be around a being like that mm. you know and i see that also as my guru and like just being around him it's like 
you just feel so happy and so alive and so vibrant and so content and you can just be sitting down just doing nothing there's no experience happening i'm just sitting next to him and i feel like pure bliss mm. pure joy pure happiness pure contentment and uh, and i see it you know i see it in in my life and i see it when i'm with him i see what happens when we are connected to source when we're connected to spirit when we're connected to god i just see what happens around like everything shifts the whole world changes and this is also something is that when i when i was with him that time and i had that really powerful revelation um about all the arrogance and judgment that i was carrying when i walked into that hall i was a different being to the one that walked out mm. and when i walked in i was seeing with the eyes of judgment and when i walked out all i saw was god all i could see was love everywhere mm. everyone that i looked at everything that i could perceive was just brimming over with just love and joy and mm. peace and it was so beautiful and it is so beautiful um because that just shows you the way that we live and create our realities you know mm. and we have so much power you know mm. we're always kind of like thinking oh if only we could just get the government or these people to just change this thing or like do this then it would all be okay mm -hmm. but we forget the You're power giving it away then yes mm. and we forget that power that we have and um It's something that I really realized on the Sacred Sons retreat that I just came back from in California was just recognizing my own strength, my own power to make changes in my life that before I was not aware of, you know, I was still living out certain conditions, uh, conditioning in my life that was negatively affecting people around me or, mm. you know, just little things. But once you become aware of that, and you become empowered and you really step into that power, everything can change. And we really have that, um, mm. that ability. Um, and I think that's really important to say that because I think sometimes we feel really helpless, we feel weak, we feel mm -hmm. hopeless, like, you know, we, this is just our reality, like we're just stuck in this. Mm -hmm. But I would really wanna stress and, and emphasize that there is, you know, we, we have so much power and potential for magic and magnificence and mm. greatness on this planet and um, we can manifest things that maybe previously just seemed unimaginable but it is all here for us you know once you start mm. tapping into that that wellspring it just like starts just pouring out of you and you just start to see it you'll start to meet the right people you'll start to have those experiences that are conducive and that realign with you mm. and things will just start to unfold and synchronicities will happen that in the beginning will be like whoa this is insane and then after a while it kind of becomes just normal because mm -hmm. it just becomes your reality yeah. you know and and it's so beautiful Mm, yeah, really, certainly that's been my experiences as, as I've opened up to, um, opened up to the synchronicities and like, mm. and, and by, um, understanding a little bit more about how my ego wants to control how my life should go. And then actually by surrendering and allowing something to unfold um, by creating, removing that, and that creates space for yeah. 
the universe to go, ding, here's what you actually need. Mm. And it's not always comfortable. Mm. And it's not always what you think you want. <laughs> but when you, it's particularly the uncomfortable things, when you can push through them and learn from them, on the other side of that is something way more beautiful and empowering and peaceful and um, in it, and it's something that you could never have imagined mm. in your ego of what you think you need yeah. and it, that's the magic and the beauty of releasing that and like handing it over to yeah. spirit or that's to the God. surrender mm, the surrender yeah. it's just like okay I'm going to open up some space here and see what comes in yes and I and, always have yeah. whenever I hear that word surrender I just have that image of, of Christ on the cross you know just mm-hmm. fully surrender whether you believe in the story of Jesus or not just that image alone is a very very powerful image mm-hmm. because you know in that moment chest open yeah just full full surrender and yeah. who could vulnerability like it's total vulnerability yes and who could you know bear that you know like to have have that experience happen and to then hand that over and just say it's not my will it's not what I want but thy will be done, let it be so. That's mm-hmm. surrender. When you can say, let thy will be done, it's no longer about your ego and what you want to happen because you think you know the best scenario and the best outcome mm-hmm. for things. The best thing we can do is hand it over to existence and you start to just come to see that you'll be taken care of. The more that you have that trust, that deep faith and trust in life, in God, in spirit, in your own heart, you'll just start to see that life just takes you in and will just take care of you. And like you say, even the experiences that are really challenging, really hard, you'll start to see that on the other side of that, yes, it's mm. it's all perfect, that it all has something for us to go mm. deeper, to become the best version of ourselves we can possibly become mm. and to keep rising to these higher states of consciousness and just to refine, you know, it's like, all these things they come so that we can also have the ability to transcend them and have that experience of transcendence and my guru also said uh, it's as if consciousness creates the illusion of a problem in order to have the experience of transcending it Mm, and I remember in Kirtan also you were saying talking about Ganesh yeah and we were we were singing a song to a devotional song to Ganesh, yes. and and what was what was what I took from that also is that you were saying like these deities um, that represent so that we have something to tell stories around as yes. well, and, and kind of un- understand them and de- uh, through language mm. um, and through mythology, they're all within us, and yeah. Ganesh is the the problem solver. Yeah, but. He also creates the problems. Yes. And that's a part of you. Yes. That's creating a problem so that you can solve it and transcend it and grow from it. Yes. And then uh, something that's been really profound for me recently, you, you move into the creator mm. um, energy and mm. uh, rather than the victim. Mm. It's happening for me. Mm. Not only is it happening for me and not to me, but I'm bringing this in, like take yes. responsibility. And they're hard pills to swallow sometimes when you're yes. like especially when there's so much suffering and to I find it like relative my suffering is relatively relatively low mm. I find when I compare it to other people's suffering and it's yeah. not taken very much suffering for me to 
want to leave this realm mm. which was my spiritual emergency mm. to then have reconnect back with source mm. um, and then remember why I'm here and who I am in truth mm. um, but I see so much suffering and it's really hard for me to be like wow how can I really tell this person that they are calling this in as a mm. lesson for them mm. but also who am I to judge yeah. the lesson that that soul is here to learn in this incarnation yes um but can we i know because i know we've got some kind of limit on time here yeah, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> this probably could be like a four-hour podcast <laughs> but um i'd really love for you to um speak on your experience with sacred sons because yes. i was uh surprised to see you in their content mm. on instagram when um and because obviously we've not been in touch and, mm. and then I consume the, 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 uh, the sacred sons content often on Instagram on a daily basis. I certainly have changed up the type of media that I'm consuming on Instagram because mm. if I'm, I'm going to be so addicted to this telephone and this app, <laughs> I might as well have some kind of mm. high frequency, uh, imagery coming at me. And so I saw you and Molly mm. singing and being uh, part of that community. And I was like, Lip, Sam is doing sacred sun's work. Wow. Mm. Mm. And and it it really like Yeah, I don't know. It, it made me just feel like um happy in a way that we were going to be able to speak about it and mm. also going through the similar kind of experiences with the the same people and there's mm. um that same kind of like divine masculine healing experience yes it's not really very easy to uh, speak about with someone who hasn't experienced it in some kind of yeah. capacity so i was like oh no someone i know also that has yeah. has gone through that experience so how did you end up at sacred sons so i ended up there because um last year we did a tour from the north of california all the way to the south mm -hmm. Um, different festivals and different shows playing music along the west coast of California and we'd already kind of booked the tour me and my partner Molly we were doing some shows that were like devotional singing circles with the the cacao the plant medicine mm -hmm. and other shows where it was just me performing my solo acoustic music um, and we'd kind of like come to the limit of what we could book within the time frame that we had but I had this message from a woman called Catherine and she lived in a place called Encinitas in San Diego and she said, you know, your music has just changed my life. I really want to meet with you. I would love, I can see that you're coming to California. Will you please um, come here to do a show for us? Because the community here is just going to love your music. They're going to absolutely... Um, resonate with it so much and so I was like okay and I could feel already a connection mm. with her and her partner Neil who's also part of Sacred yes, Sons I know, yeah, yeah. Um, and so I went on her like Instagram was like seeing them they have a 17 month old daughter called Gayam and it was just the most amazing scene like I was just like flicking through her Instagram just like looking at all of the pictures of them together and just like wow there was just so much love coming mm. from these photos and so much I, I just felt their devotion their heart and 
And so I spoke to Molly and Molly was really reluctant. She was like, look, we are like full. We've got all these dates. Like we don't have any more time. Yeah. And I was like, look, just look. They, I feel like we should do this. Yeah, if that feel... was your intuition, was it really like yes. calling you to that? It was so strong. Mm-hmm. Inside, there was just this feeling of we need to connect with these people. I don't know why. I don't understand it with my mind. Mm-hmm. But I know inside my heart that there's a reason uh, why I feel what I feel. Mm. And so, you know, I showed Molly the Instagram. She's looking, okay, yes, tell them that we can do it. And that's it. Like, that's the last one, you know. So it ended up being the very last date on the tour. And it was actually landing on my birthday, which is the same date as their daughter. And one of our best friends who we've just connected with there called Nick, um, so we had this big celebration. They invited the whole community. Loads of people came. Uh, Marco was there. Mm-hmm. Um, Adam was there. Aubert was there. Yeah, like the founders the... of Sacred Sons. Yes. Yeah. Was Jason there? Jason, I think he was there, but I can't remember. He mm. definitely was there this year at one, cool. of the, one of the concerts that we had this year. And so I just, I already knew a little bit about them from what I'd seen on Instagram, but I never met them. And even though I didn't really get a chance to speak with them at that event, I really felt them. Like, I really felt their presence and I felt their power. I felt this, like, amazing balance between very humble, very gentle, very kind, very in touch with their emotions and their heart. The feminine. But very strong Mm -hmm. as well. You know, very rooted Mm -hmm. and grounded and just, like... I just felt this balance and it was Mm. amazing for me um, to see men in that way that were very sensitive but also very strong and that night we ended up staying with Nia and Catherine Um, we didn't get to like spend much time with them I think we left quite quickly uh, to go back to Santa Barbara but then this time when we were planning to go back uh, Molly messaged them saying like could we you know potentially stay with you Um, And they said, yes, please uh, come and stay. So I ended up being there and and it just ended up happening that there was already a Sacred Sons uh, event happening in San Diego at the end of my trip. So I messaged Neil and I was just like, brother, I would love to come and do the Sacred Sons uh, work with you and the other brothers. And and, uh, he just said, okay, I think we're like pretty full capacity, so I don't think it's going to happen this time. And so I was like, okay, like maybe it's not meant to be, it's Acceptance. not the right time, mm-hmm. um, and that's okay, you know, I'll do it when it's right, and mm-hmm. when, when the time comes. And But then he messaged back saying, brother, something's opened up, you can come. So I, got, of course. I was very excited, <laughs> very, very excited. So this was an EMX. Yes. It? So it's like, yes. a, that stands for Embodied Masculine Experience, I think. Yes, yes. Um, which is basically, uh, it's what I did at the convergence weekend so there was two mm. two weekends that i joined in which was the alpha and omega convergence weekends which is mm. i think the same as an emx but with like a lot more dudes a lot more people yeah um so you had like an intimate version at an emx yes. sacred sons emx wow yeah and it was very profound and powerful i'd already had a lot of time prior to the um emx with neil you know living with neil Mm. and just being around him and the other brothers that had done either done it or facilitated the experience spending time in that community with those men really had a profound effect on me and um, 
it really just showed me a lot. It, it gave me so much. And again, what it showed me was that we are all unique expressions of consciousness and we all express in very unique ways. Every one of those men is very unique and very different. But what they're doing is really just showing up and they're really stepping into their power, claiming their power as men. And um, it was just a really profound time just being there in that community, even just prior to doing the EMX, I already felt like a lot was shifting for me mm. um, just internally and, and just being around Neil was just amazing. Like he would wake up every day and just say like, this is it, this is the moment, this is our day, this is our chance. Mm. Every gonna, morning. Every morning, like mm. this is it, this is what we're doing. And it was just this feeling of like, yes, like we've got this, like we can mm -hmm. do anything. And that was really powerful, you know, just the mm -hmm. power of that like positive affirmation. Mm -hmm. uh, dropping you right into this present moment. Yes. Yeah. And just, just being with them, also being around, you know, amazing women, mm. um, you know, it's just really healing. We're celebrating them as well. Like, yes. Um, yeah, that's certainly something that I noticed when I was spending time with with that whole crew is yeah. that um, the the um, feminine really celebrating the divine masculine and the yeah. divine masculine like really celebrating the divine feminine and yeah. um, although like we understand that we all embody both feminine and masculine energy mm -hmm. and you and I identify more as masculine mm -hmm. beings but we like as as we find balance Mm. internally um of both of those the you start to also understand that um you need that polarity and yeah. when i see these like um ultimately in my eyes what has become like a new paradigm version of a successful relationship mm. that i was witnessing mm. i really started to understand like the need for polarity in that and then it started to help me understand where there's been a lack of Yes. Um, that in my own experience in previous relationships for sure yes yeah and I think as men I think it's really healthy for us to come together in that way I think mm. for me even though I've done a lot of different uh, work and a lot of different retreats or experiences in my life I could never have, like people there were saying oh have you ever done anything like this and I, I I'd never done anything like that I'd never come together with men in that way mm. and it was extremely liberating mm. um, one just to see and witness that our journeys are so parallel in ways that like you know men that came from completely different backgrounds with completely different stories and things that happened to them in their life were sharing things that were so similar you know were going through things that were so similar and I think just to have that awareness of like, we're really all in this together and to feel that sense of like, I've got you, like mm. I'm with you, I've got your back, I'm, I feel you, I see you and I love you. Mm. In whatever way you show up, I'm here for you and I'm here with you. Mm. And I think that for me was just the most, wow, I just had a smile on my face like for so long yeah. just because I was like, just feeling that deep, unconditional love for each other because of the, having that recognition that we are all one that mm. it doesn't matter whether you're homeless or you're a, you're a billionaire you're probably going to go through a lot of the same things like internally 
even if you face physically different challenges and different situations. Mm. And I think what it really came down to for me was just really seeing that oneness and seeing how important it is as men to really be there for one another and mm. to have that support, um, to be vulnerable, to know that it's okay to express what you're feeling, what you're going through, to share that with others, yeah. to not hold on to that and to like mm. bottle that up and keep all of that in because mm. that's really what I see in the world, especially now, is like a lot of men and a lot of people just just holding a lot and carrying a lot and for me what I saw during that weekend was a lot just being released and let go of mm -hmm. and for that to be okay yeah. for, to be seen in that and to know that that's okay to feel those things and I think as men we feel this kind of pressure uh, to kind of like live up to this old paradigm of how a man should be which is to never talk about your emotions to never be to never cry to never mm. And I think that's the you know complete opposite of what we are as men. We're very sensitive. Mm. Well, we're... we've been in survival mode because the paradigm has been don't show weakness because you are in competition with your fellow men. Yes. Because there's the separation illusion, mm. and the um, we we society as as such that we are. Um, encouraged to be in competition with each other so as to encourage growth mm. um, which is only really economic growth yeah. um, which um, is leading to uh, a disconnection from each other mm. because and, it's, and we also that, that kind of competition on, the, on a deeper level on like a, an instinctual level we we've been told is like survival of the fittest mm, is like yeah. an old paradigm yeah and so a certain degree in elements of nature that's how evolution works its way out but we are we th there's a limit to that i i believe in that um we are now starting to understand that um we have an intrinsic desire to uh, and a need to procreate mm. and so now then then there's this competition for women mm. I think is something that came up for me a lot when I was doing my sacred son's work was like a like I was around all these men who I could ultimately never really compete with for mm. anything and mm. they didn't want to compete with me for anything yes. they were like you are me I am you we like you're my brother and mm. I've suddenly felt from the masculine support mm. um, and to be seen and yeah. and part of the process the huge part of the process is to um, put down those bags mm. of heavy emotions and that we have been carrying or I certainly in my experience had been carrying mm. for my whole life because that's kind of the programming that I've been brought up in through all my role models and through society was like do not express your emotions and show weakness otherwise and it's a survival thing mm. otherwise you're not competitive and you won't survive in this world yeah, you, won't um, succeed. you won't succeed and yeah. then you'll be on the streets and and um that instinct, that survival instinct is like a foundational, if, if yeah. that's like at the very opposite end of the connection to spirit, is like mm. we will survive. Yes. And our survival instincts are incredible. Like, yeah. 
um, will go through hell, literally, yeah. um, t- to stay alive. Yeah. And to then be in an environment where it's like, you don't have to carry these bags anymore, mm. is one thing. And that's to, to, um, to learn as a man that you can uh, relieve yourself of the weight of heavy emotions by releasing them, no matter when mm. you picked them up in your life. Mm. And when you, so my whole teenage years, I was very competitive in sport as well. So I had to bottle down a lot of weakness and a lot mm. of, well, su- su- like in inverted commas, weakness. And um, we know that like uh, emotions are everything and they mm. are strength to express them. But I had to like pack those down. And so I've had to do a lot of work and I continue to do a lot of work to like dig deep and like find those emotions again Mm. and release them and allow them to come up and so that I don't have to carry them anymore. But to take it to another level of healing, to be witnessed by my brothers in that process. Mm. And what I learned from Sacred Sons as well is that like when you are expressing that kind of vulnerability around your brothers, it brings trust. Mm. And so then when I was also, because it's a two-way street, mm. like I was being witnessed in process and being held and I was witnessing and holding mm. and holding space for my brothers as they were processing too, mm. which allowed me to understand that I can trust men. Mm. Like I can trust men again. Yeah, which is a big thing. It's huge. Yeah. And... and because then I'm not living in fear of men Mm. and that and who wants to live in fear like that's that's a low frequency that's a low vibration that's um the opposite of love which is our truth yes Uh, and so the to to live in fear of um other men um Mm. because you don't trust them Mm. is to be disconnected from your truth and from source and and Yeah. yeah and make ultimately life slightly unnecessarily uncomfortable yeah but it's only unnecessary to the point where you have awareness of it yes and and to and then forgive myself for not having awareness of it yes. up until this point as well and be like oh i've wasted all these years right. being so unaware right yes <laughs> it like, took a long time for me to fall in love with my journey as well yes um because it also got you to where you are now and without that you, you know you, we can't say mm-hmm. where you'd be in so it's like all these things also are contributing to our awakening ultimately it's all it's all there but I really resonated with what you said about the fear thing because that's what I can see is that a lot of our um, holding back comes from being afraid it's like that fight or flight thing that comes from the survival mode mm-hmm. of like you know and there's a lot of fear um around men opening up mm-hmm. and, and being vulnerable with one another. Um, it's almost like we're all trying to protect this self-image mm-hmm. of this like strong man that's like got it all together. Mm-hmm. And that if we somehow like just open up and, and be vulnerable, that, that is, the whole thing is going to shatter. And I think what I saw was that actually the more men opened up and the more that I opened up, it was just so beautiful that like I, I felt such a strength in that mm. actually it was the opposite of like weakness it was it was really strong and powerful to witness that and and to be in that and to experience that and so and then to come into that love into that trust like you say you know from fear 
and f- that feeling of like really like fearful, scarce, like into that trust, into that faith, into that love. And I feel like that is the journey that we're on in, is, is, as men, as uh, incarnating as men in this lifetime is, mm. is going from that fear into that deep love, deep trust and helping each other on the way and, and really being here for each other on that journey. And we're all mirrors for one another, you know, we're all here to reflect back certain things. Mm-hmm. So also, if somebody is acting in a certain way or doing something that you don't like, maybe it's also reflective of something that may be also in you to look at mm-hmm. and is also really helpful that we see that as well. And so, yeah, for me, it was a deeply transformative experience and I'll be always forever deeply grateful for that experience and for those men that that really hold that space because it's very very needed mm. in the world i feel that's doesn't sound like acceptance of the way everything is right now <laughs> that's well, a paradox it, though right well i feel yeah it is a paradox because on one level it's all happening in in its own perfection because there was a certain time where i was also acting in a very unconscious way Same. and i needed to go through that and i needed to do that mm-hmm. so for me to now look at another man and say oh you're acting in an unconscious way mm-hmm. is to also judge his journey yeah. and so like i i cannot put myself in in that position when i say needed i feel like mm-hmm. we need it inside like i when i see men that are hurting that are going through that i know that we don't necessarily have to go through that mm-hmm. so that's where that compassion comes from of like yeah you know brother you can put that weight down i'm here for you i love you and mm-hmm. it's okay it's okay you know mm-hmm. and so i feel that it's needed in that sense because i know for myself how like on my journey you know it's been so uh, important for me to have that support from other men from other people around me um and I just feel that, yeah, it, it's for ourselves and it's for everyone that, mm-hmm. that we need that. But and they're, yeah. they're leading the way also. And this is, um, I, I mean, we all have role models and have had different role models throughout our lives. And yeah. a lot of my role models when I was younger were the successful athletes in my sport of kayaking. So I would literally emulate their behavior on the water and off the water. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I'd be like, well, if I can just be you, then I will get those results. And Certainly it paid off in a lot of ways because my goal and my identity was literally based around how good I was at kayaking. So that was my mm. part of my survival um, was to win races because I would uh, it would affirm my identity and um, and my validation to be here um, through getting love from people upon the condition of my successes. Mm. Um, so that was a whole thing that I brought in as a huge lesson for me. And it was, yeah, I, I loved a lot of it. Um, and I suppose without going down too much of a tangent, what I'm saying is like the new role models in my life now are the sacred sons mm. brothers mm. and um not just those those guys but a lot plenty of very conscious men mm. in the world um who have helped um guide my transformation because we do the healing ourselves mm. like showing up to uh, an emx or mm. or a convergence weekend or any or a men's circle mm. or anything that is like choosing to step into asking for help and to mm. be supported is really is i found it quite difficult to yeah. do and it took me a long time to like really step up to that mm. um and then when you're there they they will guide you 
but yeah. you have to do the healing yourself. And so, yeah. again, it's like, um, in in doing that, I, I definitely have felt a calling to be involved in men's work. Mm. And I want to be starting a men's circle in Cape Town at some stage. That's like a so something that I really want to, I feel called to do. Um, and holding space for men is something that I've, I find very um, natural. And I find that... Uh, men come to me mm. often even like at music festivals and stuff people mm. that watch listen to this podcast or watch my youtube channel and like mm. younger dudes um will come and like chill with me and like open up to me about things and i love it yeah. like i love it because i'm like it's wow really you feel safe around me and you trust me as a man to like mm. um uh, give you either give you some guidance or just listen yeah and so these the sacred sons Adam and Aubert and Jason particularly mm. and Marco yeah. um, who's a wizard mm. I mean they're all wizards yeah. but like they're, they're embodying a lot of all of the aspects of the yes. of the masculine um, the, uh, the the magician mm. the, the warrior and the lover which yes. when you embody all of those you, you're the king mm. like the king embodies all of those aspects mm. and this is something also that I've learned and I'm like wow there's so much to learn about yeah. being a, a masculinely masculine identified being, mm. um, and how beautiful that these new role models are in my life, mm. and yeah, it's just that my human experience has become one of magic and mm. expansion and uh, new depths of um, uh, feeling, uh, but on both ends of the spectrum as I. As they hold a safe container for me to really dive deep into what feels like such pain mm. to unpack that I, I can't do it on my own, yeah. allows me to then rise up and feel even the ecstasy of the joy. And that, that as the pendulum swings further one way, it swings the other way just mm. as far. Mm. And part of my integration has been as I've been dancing in the shadows and doing with with sacred sons and on my own and with my therapist and um really digging into that healing uh, side of things when the pendulum swings and i'm feeling ecstatic joy for just existing mm. part of my difficulty uh, in that has been like feeling or oh, do i deserve this do i deserve to feel this good because it's unusual to me to like mm. feel this having spent many years of my life in in a in depression where i haven't been able to go down and so I haven't been able to go fully up either um, mm. what is your experience after Sacred Sons or after any kind of work that you do like this in, in your integration period mm. um, how, how does it uh, impact your life afterwards and are there any sort of challenges that come up for you post healing because the mm. integration period is the real healing period yes I found that um, after leave it's leaving sacred sons um i found that the the deep changes within me are that i'm just much more um present with my partner molly like i'm much more present with her i'm yeah, you spoke about showing up in your relationship yeah much yeah. more much more sensitive to her and her needs and and just really being there for her um and just in general i feel like much more sensitive in a way that is um just to everything and everyone i'm seeing 
people in a different way you know like I really have like so much compassion for people and what everyone is going through um, but also I feel that yeah that feeling of like really stepping in stepping up you know like with my music for example like before I always kind of took it for granted that I could just sing and play guitar like I've done that since I was like seven years old it's just something that's just come very naturally I've never had to work for that and I think what came after Sacred Sons was actually practicing deep appreciation for my gifts and for the things that I have in my life, like being truly, truly grateful and thankful um, for my life and the things that I have in my life, the people in my life. Um, so I called my mum and dad, you know, told them how much I loved them. My brother, you know, we had a really deep, intimate conversation where he opened up to me and cried and you know probably for the first time in years that I've heard him cry like that so thing, things that a lot has changed in ways that I probably can't even really express in a way that would do it justice mm. but um, a lot has just opened up for me and I feel um, yeah this feeling of like really stepping into my power and like really claiming my power as a man in this lifetime um, I know that you know, what I spoke about before is that I'm I'm not absolutely just like a man, you know, here, I'm, this is just a form that, or a costume that I wear for a while. Mm. But while I'm here, I'm still wearing it. And so it's like to really own that and to step into that is important. And, um, and like you say, having these role models, you know, it's so often we look to celebrities as like role models and we try to mimic all their actions. So mm. like for me growing up, it was musicians. You know, for you, it was the kayaking mm. uh, people that were doing that. Whereas like for me, it was like musicians and, and I would mimic their actions. So it was like, oh, well, if they're, you know, smoking, then I should do that. Or like, you know, it was like this thing that's like, that's associated with that because it's cool and that's the thing to do. Mm -hmm. Whereas now I feel like I have men around me that uh, are really amazing role models. And also I don't have to mimic all their actions. Like what I'm finding is that like, I can really embody what just feels true and right for me. And, and, and I think also that to notice like the importance of, just taking a moment when things become challenging, when things become hard, when there's something arising in a moment, just to stop, to breathe, take a moment and just assess it, just to see it, just to feel it, to be with it. Mm. And not just to be so easily swept along into that stream of just like, you know, getting into an argument or getting into some discussion about it. Just like take a moment, breathe and just feel what's there and just be with that. And to just let that come. And I think that in my in the past, I've maybe suppressed emotion because I felt like, well, you know, that's not, it's not true somehow. Like it doesn't, um, it's not my true nature. So somehow like thoughts and emotions, they're not important. Mm. But really what I took from Sacred Sons was to really uh, allow them to be honor there. Them, yeah. To honor them, mm. yeah, exactly. To honor them, to honor your experience. And to learn from that, to grow through that, mm. to feel all of it, and yet not get completely lost in anything. Mm. And don't box it as right or wrong, like yes. necessarily. Yeah. yeah, so a lot has Judging. changed in, in mm. for me in ways that I can't even express verbally, but mm. just there's so many things have, have shifted. And 
even just energetically, you know, mm. from releasing and uh, old things that, you know, I didn't even realize were in me, but just things that we store inside of us, you know, that get kind of locked in there. Mm -hmm. And so energetically, even just feeling more alive, more, um, more active, just more open. Um, and yeah, I'm, and I'm sure it's just going to continue, you know, and I'm, I'm really on this path of just saying yes, just like, yes, I'm here for this, like, I'm here to mm -hmm. show up, I'm here to do the work, I know it's going to be hard, I know it's going to be provoking, but I'm open and I'm willing to do that, and I think that's something that's really come from this, this time, it's like, just fully willing and open to mm -hmm. all of it. <laughs> you know that's so beautiful brother thank yeah. you so much for sharing those stories um, yes. it's really like beautiful to witness um and and like i feel you i resonate mm. with you and on a on a level that is now very clearly very different to when we first <laughs> met as well which i'm yeah um which also gives me like uh faith in my own journey and and um yes. <clears throat> and also i've always I always just assumed that you are, have been this like enlightened <laughs> being like because that's mm. what um through my lens i've perceived you as and so yeah. it's nice to know that like even someone who is experiencing the um expansive limitless consciousness at age nine <laughs> without even trying and you, yes. it's part of it's part of your journey also to be a human to be a militant vegan right. and then, and then yeah. to learn from that yes. and, and everything that comes with it and, and ultimately you're just following your heart is from what it sounds like always yes. and thank you also just for um, your beautiful expression and allowing that music to come through you because mm. that's what brought us together yes. and um, your music I'm sure connects many people around the world at your shows mm. and certainly at Kirtan is like mm. a next level it was my first Kirtan that I've been to on Saturday mm. and it was profoundly um, healing in the I had a big cry um, mm. just I mean I was the cacao ceremony also just brings up all of those emotions for me it really opens my heart space up it's such beautiful medicine that um you and molly gave uh, to the to the um little community that we created on saturday but um what i, I cried just hearing your voice again mm. and and it reminded me of those days like yes. of when i was using your music for my blogs and i've got such a connection to that frequency that you that you express so mm. um yeah on behalf of everybody who enjoys your music thank mm. you for for getting out the way and yes. allowing it to come through you yes. and also thank you again for not claiming it um yeah and yeah i think that's that's why it really um strikes a chord excuse the pun mm. with people um, yes. on another level that often isn't doesn't even necessarily need to be understood it's like a soul level thing Yes. Um, and yeah, I've been, uh, maybe take this opportunity to like speak about any shows you got coming up, or like what are your plans with your music? And you you've yeah. just brought out some new music that yes, um, is everything's available on on Spotify. Yes, yeah. So I, I last summer I recorded and released um, a new album called The Dance and the Wonder. Mm, I love and, it. And is it? I love <laughs> thank it, you, bro. brother. I love it. And it's really like a, an expression of my journey of, of mm. all of it, you know, the the connection that I have with my guru, the love that I share with my partner, the 
the, the feelings that I have about life and, and, and the journey that I've been on and the growth that I've been doing. And so I'm really, really happy um, to share this music with the world. And um, and there's much more music to come from me. I'm, I'm, I'm starting to spend more time now in California and, and looking to record a little bit more music there mm. and release that next year also. Um, and me and my partner Molly, we've started a, a Patreon page, um, and it's patreon.com forward slash gather. And the idea is How to. How do you spell gather? Gather is gather. G- gather, yeah. It's like gather is gather. like. Is <laughs> <laughs> G A T H E R. Okay, gather. that's easy. And the idea behind that is to really gather together in mm-hmm. community, in ceremony, mm-hmm. uh, a place where people can come together. Um, to share these songs, to share these stories, um, to share in this ceremony that we are creating in this mm-hmm. life, and and is is basically what you experienced on on Saturday, and, mm-hmm. and it's just a platform for us to upload content to that, to share that with as many people who are open to to connecting Beautiful. with us in that way. Mm-hmm. I'll link that in the show notes. Yes, yeah, and um, and we'll also be recording an album together of our devotional. Mm-hmm. Music and the kirtan, some of the mantras and medicine songs that we share. Mm. I'm starting to like record those, and and we'll release that as an album at, at some point too. Mm. And um, can't wait. Yeah, Brilliant. man. And then this year, just traveling. I'll be in Portugal, um, going there on Thursday, and then we're gonna come back and we're gonna do like a mini tour in Germany in May. Um, and then June, we have a retreat in Portugal called Living Prayer. Uh, which is also on my website, samgarrettmusic.com, which you can see under events. And then July, I'll be back in California doing another little tour of the West Coast there. So, um, and I'll be looking forward to reconnecting with the Sacred Sons also and doing something with them in that time also, which is yet yet to be announced, but awesome. Yeah. That sounds so exciting, bro. I I hope I'm there for that as well. Yeah, same. Um, yeah, I'll link all of those links in the description. And um, would you bless us with some music to end this? What's been such a beautiful, definitely, I think my most favorite podcast I've oh, done so far. Bless you, brother. Would you sing a song for us? Yes, I would love to. Okay, beautiful. Um, yeah, I'm going to sing a song from my new album. Uh, it's called Way Down at Your Feet and it's really a song of that surrender that we were talking about Mm. Um, it's just a song to say like you know I'm really giving up on all those things that before I thought were so valuable and so meaningful I'm really just letting all of that go and really just surrendering into this path of uh, of devotion of of truth and of service and uh, yeah play it for you Stay my
so much Sam thank you brother thank you thank you thank you mm. very much look forward to the next time we drop in on a podcast I feel yes. like we're going to do this again sometime please I would love that mm. yes and thank you guys for listening we love you unconditionally yes thank you so much for having me and uh, yeah it's been such a pleasure to reconnect and have this moment have this time to share again mm. And yeah, just wanting to know I'm deeply grateful for what you're doing, what you're sharing. Um, and yeah, thank you. And I can't wait for the next time. My heart is so full right now. Yeah. Thank you. I received that. Thank you. Mm. Until next time. Cheers, guys. Bye. Ram, ram. Ram, ram. So there it is, the Sam Garrett podcast. I hope you found that to be medicinal. How beautiful is that song that he played at the end? Literally made me cry, even listening to it back as I edit the podcast. Um, thank you, thank you, thank you, Sam, for blessing us with your incredible uh, divine 
creativity that's flowing through you. What an incredible soul. Um, if you want to check out more of Sam's work, uh, all the links are in the journey notes. Sam Garrett Music on Instagram, samgarrettmusic.com and patreon.com forward slash gather, G-A-T-H-E-R. Uh, go and check him out. He's got some new music coming out, I think, in, I think even today. So by the time you listen to this, the new music is out. And yeah, go and check him on all the socials. Go and listen to his music on Spotify. Sam Garrett, he's incredible. Such medicinal music, especially in times like this right now. And actually, I need to f- listen to something a little bit more gentle, something that is um, creatively straight from source and helping me feel more like a spiritual being and less like an oppressed enslaved human (laughs) that's the that's the feeling i get from listening to sam's music anyway and don't forget to check me out on patreon.com forward slash Brown if you want to join the community and help support the continuation of this podcast and my other content on YouTube. Uh, just go to YouTube and search for Ben Brown. I'm pretty much the only one there. I've been there since forever. Um, there's loads of videos. You can look at my videos from years ago when I had no idea um, that I was completely living in my ego. And... I created some really beautiful stuff back then as well. You should go and check it out. Like I went to the Arctic for 18 days and I made 15 vlogs and a visual vibes film from the Arctic. You can go and check that out. A lot of people enjoy that, um, which is one of the more divine, I guess, things that came through me before I realized that I am in fact a divine being as we all are. Um, so yeah, although my ego was running the show, I did create some beautiful things. And then of course you can see all the videos between my awakening, when I came off my motorcycle, um, there's a video called Highs and Lows. It's got like 260,000 views now where I'm kind of explaining that everything ain't all right in my life. And here we are two years later and some things have improved. <laughs> now a lot has improved, a lot has improved. Um, but yeah, that's the journey, I suppose. And so thank you for supporting the journey. Thank you for listening and um yeah if you get to right at the end right now when you're listening this is the very end of the podcast you are enlightened